0: recording we are rolling and recording in three two welcome once again to the fantasy sultans podcast i'm trip rogers and i'm mike sheck And we are so happy to be with you. This is our Fantasy Draft Preview Show. We're going to set you up for your fantasy drafts. Now, some of you may have drafted already. I drafted in one league already, too, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But most fantasy drafts are going to take place over the course of the next few days. This podcast hits on Thursday morning, the 2nd, and Labor Day weekend. And going up to the start of the season, everybody is going to draft or for the most part, are going to draft. And and Mike, as we as they say many times, it's the most wonderful time of the year.
1: That's right. And you and I will be drafting together in the Sultans League on Tuesday night. So, oh,
0: yes. We're looking forward to it.
1: Yep. Let's go right to the headlines. And no surprise here. Well, maybe a surprise because Bill Belichick choosing to cut Cam Newton in favor of the rookie Mac Jones. He'll start against the Dolphins in Week 1. Interesting move here, Trip, because I thought Newton would open the season. Depending upon his performance, that would determine whether Mac Jones would start the season or not. But there's some history here with Newton. Last year, he had COVID. He was out two games. He broke the protocol last week. So I think that had a lot to play into Bill Belichick's decision.
0: I, I think one of the things, and if you if you read reports that came out of Patriots camp, Mac Jones outperformed Cam Newton. Now, is this the end of the road for Cam Newton? I don't think so, because I think he's still got some tread left on the tire. But the bottom line here is that I think New England wanted a fresh start. I think they they had enough confidence in Mac Jones to go this route. And the other side of this, I think it also plays into one of the stories you're going to see as the season develops, and it goes along with COVID nineteen. The NFL has taken a hard line stance and they have told teams if you don't if you have a COVID nineteen breakout and you can't play a game, you're gonna forfeit. And I think teams are going to look at whether a player is vaccinated or unvaccinated. And Cam Newton, unvaccinated. Plus, he missed that five days because of not knowing the protocols. And and I think that that, in the the end, really kind of hurt him. Because, uh, you know, the last look was the best look. He looked good against the Giants in the final exhibition game. I'm talking about Mac Jones. Whereas Cam did not. You know what you have with Cam. Do you want that distraction sitting on the bench? Do you want him sitting there moaning and groaning as he's not playing? Or do you want to let him go, give Mac Jones the chance? And again, you're going to have a learning curve with him. You may have some issues. But I think New England feels Mac Jones gives him the best chance. The other part of this is, and again, it's a dollars and cents issue. Being a vested veteran, uh, you would have had to pay... Uh, You'd have to pay, well, any veteran that is on the roster for week one has to be paid the full season amount, and that counts against the cap. And we are talking about Cam Newton. You know, he's not a cheap guy by any stretch of the imagination, and that's money that could come down to bite you in the butt if he ends up being the backup on your team now at this point I would not be surprised if Cam Newton is re- is signed by someone within a couple of weeks I, I I the first thing I thought of was the Atlanta Falcons because right now their backup quarterback is Josh Rosen <laughs> Let's see. Is Cam Newton better than Josh Rosen? <laughs> you know. well, I think so. I, I, but but again, the other part of it is with Cam Newton comes a little bit of a distraction factor, and he wants to go somewhere where he can start. Is Atlanta the place? They're talking about Dallas possibly too because Dak is 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 not 100%. Um, he's close, he's good, but I think they learned from their lesson last year and if they could get a Cam Newton in there as an insurance policy for Dak, I think they'd feel a little better. Those are a couple of the spots, but I, I think that that story, the end of it has not been written for Cam Newton. Now, I wanna continue on what we were talking about in terms of the news, Urban Meyer said what I think, said what people were thinking, by the way. He was honest when he said, we looked at the vaccination, unvaccinated, of the players who we decided to keep. The problem was, I think he was speaking his mind. I think he was making sense. I think he speaks for other people. It's just the players so he says, uh-uh-uh, you can't do this to the Players Association. But let's be realistic. Businesses are now requiring people to have their vaccine. If they don't have a vaccine, they're not going to yeah. work there. And why should the NFL be any different? And I think, the again, as I well, mentioned... Well, the only
1: difference is the players' union. That's the difference the, there. the
0: players' union. But I think, listen, you look at the other major sports, baseball, basketball, hockey, football. Football's a 17-game schedule. You have to forfeit one game because of a COVID outbreak that could have a huge impact on your season. you gotta, you got to forfeit a game or two along the way in hockey or basketball. Well, in the course of an 82-game season in baseball, let's be realistic, it's 162 games. So that's not going to make a big difference. But, but football more so, and I think that's one of the reasons why teams are going to look at this very closely, and it bears watching as the season goes on. And the other thing, and Mike, you and I talked about it off the air, how do you think fans are going to react If an unvaccinated player causes a COVID outbreak, forces their team to cancel a game and forfeit a game, and it costs them, I mean, because teams have not said they're going to refund money if a game gets canceled because of COVID. (laughs) It costs me money to buy a ticket for that game it gets canceled because of COVID? (laughs) Yeah. Let's see how the fans react to that guy. They are going to be be very
1: disgruntled, definitely. And while we're on the Jacksonville subject... Travis Etienne for Jacksonville. Yep, he suffered a Liz frank injury. Actually, the same injury that Cam Newton suffered back in uh 2018 yes. and you know that that kind of nagged his career, so he's done for the season here, and that means James Robinson is your guy in Jacksonville if you're looking at drafting a running back.
0: And Jacksonville, listen, they're going to be they're a loaded. They're
1: loaded with weapons, Jacksonville. Oh yeah, they yeah, are. But,
0: but they are going to be listen. They're going to be a work in progress. I, I think right. again, here's another rookie quarterback who's going to have some uh, growing pains. The fact that they dealt Cardner Minshew away kind of says to me that they're kind of comfortable with the way things are there. I mean, because Minchu was the guy who you would think would be a solid backup or, or somebody who could mentor him. Uh, they, they dealt him away to Philadelphia. And, and I think that's a move for Philadelphia because I don't know if they were really in love with Joe Flacco as their backup to Jalen Hurts. And this way, Gardner Minshew is the same type of quarterback as Jalen Hurts. So, again, you wouldn't have to change the offense that much if you had to substitute Minshew for Hurts. So, uh, again, uh, Jacksonville, we'll see what happens. I, I just wonder what is going what it's going to be like when, again, Trevor Lawrence has not had a losing season. You know, let's say they have six losses. You're heading into December. You know, that's more losses than he had in his college career. Yeah. You know, oh yeah, I, 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 Urban <laughs> Meyer, when was the last time he lost six games in a season? I, I don't think he did. So, so this is what is going to be interesting to see where they are, how they go along. And in terms of fantasy, you know, is, does Lawrence develop into one of those top five quarterbacks, which everyone seems to think he will be?
1: And I think he will end up being a quarterback, too, that you could have on your bench each and every week and maybe do a plug-and-play there. Uh, we will talk about our rookies coming up. But first, got to take a look at a blueprint for your draft. We talk about the early rounds. Listen, I, I really think that running back is key here. Uh, we all know that they come at a premium cost because there just aren't that many reliable running backs, which makes the ones who are even more valuable round one the deck is stacked with running backs so if you don't draft one you're missing out and i believe nine of the first 12 picks are going to be running backs i mean are we going to see a quarterback are we going to see a tight end might we see two quarterbacks drafted in yeah we are going to see that because you know mock drafts we see them all the time and then we go ahead into our regular draft and then we see some wacky things being tossed out so definitely I wouldn't be surprised to see two quarterbacks being drafted because people in a heavy quarterback league, they are going to take quarterbacks, and they're going to go early. Like And Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, those big-time quarterbacks are going to go early, earlier than expected from the ADP. But uh, I'll tell you what, with the backs, half of the backs are going to end up in the first three rounds. And then if you look at the 20th best running back on the board, there's, I believe... He's going to split time with Boston Scott, and here we go. Do you want that type of a running back? No, you don't. You want a workhorse running back, so you take a workhorse running back in a round one or a round two, where uh, you take a look at Miles Sanders. He is going late three, early round four. There is a sharp curve in quality running backs, so you have to take a look at that. Next up, tight ends. You got you know savvy. Savvy fantasy players are saying, Whoa, 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 you're skipping the wide receiver. No, I'm not, because we all know that wide receivers come in the middle of the draft. Yeah, you could draft a wide receiver early, but the bulk of your wide receivers come in the fourth, in the fifth, in the sixth rounds. That's where you're going to see the heart, the meat. You know, we like to call it the meat and potatoes. Well, that's where you're going to see those wide receivers being drafted. So tight ends are very important. So you got Three tiers of tight ends. you got Travis Kelsey. He ends up in Tier 1 with George Kittle and Mark Andrews. Then in Tier 2, you got TJ Hawkinson, Darren Waller in Las Vegas, Kyle Pitts of Atlanta. And if you ask me which of the three are going to be most dependable, I'm going to tell you it is TJ Hawkinson. I think, Tripp, you would agree there because of the lack of wide receiver in Detroit. I just don't think that the Detroit Lions, with the loss of some players there... Uh, you got to go with Hawkinson.
0: Oh yes, I, I love me some T.J. Hawkinson. I, I love him to death. And 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 you know you forgot there's one other uh, line. Uh, there's one other tight end that I want to throw into that second tier group, and that's Logan Thomas for uh, the Washington Redskins. And one of the reasons why Logan Thomas may get overlooked by people, I mean, a lot of drafts he, he he's looked upon maybe as the seventh tight end. But honestly, this guy could be a surprise because of the way the Washington offense is going to run. And another Washington player I want to talk about real quick, Antonio Gibson. Love me yep. some Antonio Gibson. If you're drafting at the end of the first round, you kind of want to target him. You want to get him. If you can get him first, or if you can wait for a second round pick, early second round grab him, Antonio Gibson, that's great. It was funny because in the draft I did the other night, I got Aaron Jones with the tenth. Pick overall, and then I came back with Antonio Gibson when I drafted in the second round, third pick, and I was like, I'm very happy with that. The kicker on that whole thing, if you know me that well, I passed on Saquon Barkley, not once, but twice. My fiance still can't believe <laughs> shaking I passed, her head, isn't she? <laughs> I, I passed on Saquon Barkley. Now, one of the reasons I did that is because. I'm not loving the Giants offensive line. That's the thing that really kind of scares me with Saquon. Do I think Saquon will do good numbers this year? Yeah, I think he will, but I think he's a risk, whereas if you're looking at an Aaron Jones or an Antonio Gibson, because I think Washington, you got to love what Ron Rivera is doing there. And Mike, you know Ron Rivera because he coached your team, right. the Carolina Panthers, for a number of years. He got fired because, again, they didn't have the players, and, and some of the players had bad seasons. You know, it's not always a coach's a coaches, a coaches can make a difference. And I think Ron Rivera has, has done a decent job, a really good job in a Washington situation that, you know, let's face it, they got one of the – listen, their owner is just a complete piece of garbage. I, I, I do not like Dan Snyder, have not liked him at all. And and it's it's so funny, this team does well at times – in spite of their owner. And and, and I, you could say that about the Dallas Cowboys, too, because Jerry Jones, listen, I don't know if you've been watching Hard Knocks, but, you know, yeah. I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> I got news for you. I'm not I'm not sitting here going, "Oh, wow, Dallas is going to be a he's uh, going to be, a, you know, great team this year." Uh uh-uh. I listen, I think Mike McCarthy stinks. I think Jerry Jones, it's all about Jerry Jones. I mean, can they show Jerry Jones enough in these shows? No. Um I will say I, I uh, CD Lamb, I I really like. I think I've gotten a look at him. I think he's got a good career. Um, Dak, I'll be curious to see how he does. Um not sold on Zeke, but Let's be realistic. He is one of the top running backs if he's healthy and if their line is healthy. And that's big ifs here. Because Dallas is going to have to score a lot of points because that defense does not look like they have done anything. Dallas has not, is, an, is an offer in preseason. And, you know, listen, the NFC East, I, did anybody in the NFC East win a game in the, <laughs> the <NFC> release. <preseason>? <laughs> I mean, did anyone win a game? Like I, The only thing I can think of is, is, let's see, oh, that's right, Philadelphia tied the Jets. That's the only thing. I, it's like, oh, my God, it's terrible. But anyhow, I know. we Let's digress. move on to,
1: yeah, I was going to say, let's move on to the wide receivers there. Uh, gone are the days of the plentiful running backs. At the wide receivers, they're exponentially deeper. The fantasy bust rate percentages for running backs and wide receivers are similar in the first few rounds and identical in the late rounds, but... I'm talking about the middle here. There's your difference. There's where the wide receivers come out to play. now, I mean, when you look at the first round, you could draft Devontae Adams, or you could draft Tyreek Hill. They're going to put up numbers for you. They're great players. But then you could easily pass on those guys and get a stud running back, like Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, or Najee Harris, and come back with a second tier of wide receivers, Calvin Ridley. So there are uh, yeah, a lot of I, I, options
0: I want to just disagree with you real quick yeah. on this one. And, and, and here's, here's where I'm going with this. If you're doing this draft, and I, I think this is the one thing I want to really say— In the first three rounds, you've got to get two running backs. Well, yeah, I was going to say that. If you do not get two running backs in the first three rounds, you're in trouble. Now, here's the other—this is the proviso I'll put on that, okay? Let's say you decide to draft Travis Kelsey, and I'm just going to say you draft Kelsey in the first round, late first round. You come back with a running back. You can get yourself a Jonathan Taylor or a Nick Chubb or a Najee Harris. Okay, in the third round— If you want to go stud, wide receiver, I would feel good. I would not necessarily say Clyde's Edward Hilaire because that's maybe where you'd be at that point. Possibly he could fall for you. But again, you set yourself up. Within the first four rounds, you got to get yourself two decent running backs. And when I say decent, you got to have number one running backs. You can't have a 1 and a 1A.
1: One thing you and I can agree on, be a leader, not a follower. Oh, yeah. All right, and and that kind of leads into our top 12 here, and it starts with no surprise. You're going to call me a homer pick here, Tripp. Number one, Carolina running back Christian McCaffrey. Homer pick! (laughs) Number two, running back Derek Henry of Tennessee. Number three, I have New Orleans Saints running back Alvin Kamara. Number four is Dalvin Cook in Minnesota. Number five, Dallas running back Ezekiel Elliott. Number six, Aaron Jones in Green Bay. And uh, the other second half of the uh, draft, I've got wide receiver Devontae Adams in Green Bay. I have Austin Eckler for the Los Angeles Chargers. And uh, I have also Nick Chubb for Cleveland running back. uh, Tight end Travis Kelsey. Wide receiver Tyreek Hill as the 11th pick. And rounding it out, the Giants running back Saquon Barkley. Now, he's a player that I think is falling in some drafts. I've seen him earlier this summer in, like, the top six. He has fallen I am concerned about his injury history. That's why I have him further down on the list. I know you mentioned, Tripp, he may even go in the second round. So he is falling a lot. And I think that's a lot of concerns with the Giants' offensive line. That that has a lot to deal with it, too.
0: All right, I'm going to just uh, take a contrarian view a little bit here. Um, uh, McCaffrey, number one, he's, he's a definitely a number one pick. Uh, Dalvin Cook at number two. Alvin Kamara at number three, and the thing about Kamara is he had that big game on Christmas Day last year, and that won a lot of people fantasy leagues, including yours truly. Um, But there's a lot of questions about New Orleans, and now, of course, after the hurricane, New Orleans is basically going to be being on the road for at least a month. And and so I kind of wonder about this. And again, the quarterback situation. No, Michael Thomas. I think Kamara may disappoint. So I got him at number three. I got Zeke at number four. Travis Kelsey at number five. I think Travis Kelsey is is. I have him higher than you because I think he's better than that. Derrick Henry at six. And the only thing about Derrick Henry is I think. Offenses are going to key on him a little more. Um, I'm not sure if Julio Jones is going to make as big of a difference on that quarterback situation or on that, that, that offensive situation in Tennessee as people might think. Derrick Henry, of course, is the guy who the offense goes through. Tyreek Hill at number seven for Kansas City, no surprise. Devontae Adams at number eight. Aaron Jones at number nine. I like him. I, I I think you know he's one of the guys I'm keying on. Antonio Gibson of Washington at number ten. Number eleven, Jonathan Taylor for Indianapolis. But again, that quarterback situation there. I don't know. And I'm going to go at number twelve, Najee Harris for Pittsburgh. He's a rookie. I think he's going to be a key in this Pittsburgh offense. And I think it's going to take some of the pressure off of quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, who, by the way, Has not gotten drafted in a couple of the mocks I've done. One quarterback is all you need. If you take a Roethlisberger, you got some bench depth, but he's somebody you can pick up and would probably be on the waiver wire.
1: Let's go ahead and look at our players you should draft if you are preparing to draft this weekend or sometime early next week. I'm going with Chicago running back David Montgomery. Now, if you draft a non-running back in either the first two rounds, Montgomery has to be on your radar for round three. The third-year pro piled up a career high over a thousand rushing yards last season and he finished sixth among backs last year. Tampa Bay uh, wide receiver Chris Godwin. Now after missing four games last season his value took a hit but the fifth-year veteran top 15 PPR option in terms of fantasy points per game I'm projecting between 80 and 90 receptions, over 1,000 yards, and at least 10 touchdowns. And if that's the case, Godwin could finish top five overall among wide receivers. How about wide receiver LaVisca Chinwall of Jacksonville? Now, this second-round pick in 2020, he finished with 58 catches, 600 yards, and five touchdowns. They did sign Marvin Jones in the offseason. He has been Trevor Lawrence's favorite target, but... Shinwall is a unique player, and he has the speed of a running back. And when the ball's in his hands, consider 298 of his 600 yards last year came after the catch.
0: All right, I'm going to go with three players I really am loving me some. TJ Hawkinson we mentioned. I, I have really kind of centered around him in a lot of my mocks, and I like him a lot both he and Logan Thomas, I think, will take care of tight end. You only need to draft one and then worry about that bye week. That's all you need with either of those two players. I'm going to throw another wild card in here. Chicago wide receiver Darnell Mooney. He's getting a lot of love and he's overlooked and you can get him for value later on. Mikey pointed out you know, you want to get those those wide receivers in the middle rounds. Here's a guy you can key on, and he's somebody I like a whole lot. And I think you might want to think about look at him and possibly grabbing him because that Chicago offense is going to be ready to go, and he's going to be one of the guys who will lead. He will surprise. Last but not least, I'm going to go with an old standby, somebody who does get some thoughts but seems to be dropping in terms of ADP, and that's Adam Thielen wide receiver from Minnesota. Why is this? Well, not a lot of good vibes coming out of Minnesota, especially given the issues that their quarterback has had. And 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 I, I don't know if I'm really feeling Minnesota this year like I have in the past. Again, Dalvin Cook going to be, you know, very good, but I don't know if 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 this is going to be the scary thing. The scary team that they were. I mean, let's be realistic. Mike Zimmer's team's built on defense, and that defense is going to be good. How good does the offense have to be, right?
1: Yep, and uh, let's take a look at those running our uh, players. It could be a running back, could be a wide receiver, but the players you want to stay away from. And I'm going to start it off. I'm going to say Indianapolis coach running back. Jonathan Taylor now he is going off the board with ADP late first round early second round pick to me that ADP is way too high for him Colts are dealing with injuries both to Carson Wentz and guard Quinton Nelson that hurts Taylor's value not to mention he's going to be in a committee with Marlon Mack Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines to me that's a roll of the dice of who is going to get more touchdowns I'd be more comfortable drafting Naheem Hines in the 10th or 11th round Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas, one of the most dependable receivers in 2018, but a lot of things have changed since then. Drew Brees retired. I'm not confident with who's taken over the helm in New Orleans. Thomas is out the first four games, likely because of an ankle injury. This guy is a risk-reward player, and Trip, you know my feelings about risk-reward players. I am not a fan of them, so definitely stay away from Michael Thomas. I'd sooner draft Chase Claypool, Jerry Judy, or even T. Higgins in round six. Denver running back Melvin Gordon. Now, remember the days when this guy was a reliable option for the Chargers? Those days are over. Javante Williams is a lead back for the Broncos. Gordon, nothing more than a stash on your bench. And I know you're not going to like me for this one, Trip, but I am going to say Evan Ingram for the New York Giants, the tight end. His breakout rookie season beginning to look a lot like a mirage there, folks, uh, between injuries in 2018 and 2019. And with the addition of Kenny Galladay and Kyle Rudolph in free agency, I don't see how he fits into this offense too well. His ADP is 120, and I'd rather take a chance on a John U. Smith or Mike Williams.
0: All right. Interesting, you say that because uh, one of the guys I'm going to kind of say maybe avoid <laughs> um, Saquon Barkley, and I say this because not because I, I don't think he's he's a he's a bad player, but I just I, I don't like this giant offensive line, and I think the injury situation with the wide receivers—they they built this team around Galladay being well. Uh, of course, the the first round draft pick was has been just. A disaster. I don't even want to say his name because he's been so bad. And I was like, why did you draft him? You know, and and, and you mentioned Everett Ingram. So I would try to avoid Saquon Barkley. Now, again, if you can get him second round, you know, 12th, 13th pick as your second running back, well, I'm all for it. But, again, I don't know if I'd want to use a first round pick on Saquon Barkley. Unless, as I said, you can come back and get somebody else in that backfield, that's the thing that bothers me about that. Another guy who I really, you know, everybody is giving him a lot of love, and I, I'm I'm kind of like no, Joe Mixon. Now I know Cincinnati is on the uh, is on the uptick, but the problem with Cincinnati is they got a quarterback who has a lot of potential, but he got hurt last year. Why did he get hurt? Offensive line. The offensive yeah. line has not improved that much, and they just some of their offensive linemen away. Why is that? I have no idea. But that means Joe Mixon is going to... You know, they thought Gio Bernard was going to be the guy who was going to replace Joe Mixon, and they said they've, they've basically written his his... Um, uh, obituary now for a couple of years in fantasy. And now, you know, he's still one of the top tier running backs, you know, or second tier, you know, second tier running backs. I just, I'm, I'm not feeling it. I'm just not feeling with Joe Mixon. So I would kind of stay away from him. I just would avoid that situation. And last but certainly not least, you know, I keep seeing people talk about how the Jets are going to be good this year. You know, a lot of promise in the quarter in, in, in their new quarterback. And I sit here and I go, it's the Jets. Really? It's the Jets. Actually, I have a lot more confidence in their old quarterback, Sam Darnold, and in their old wide receiver, Robbie Anderson, in Carolina, in fact, that's a duo. I wouldn't mind having both of them. You can get them, you know, mid to late. I would pick them up and put them on my bench together because I'll tell you, that one week you start both of them, they could go off on you and you could get some nice double points there. But other than that, I, 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 again, Jets, no disaster. Stay away from them. And the other guy, I'm really, I, I'm going to go quarterback here that I, I kind of am not feeling this year, and you're going to hate me for this one. Aaron Rodgers, and I say this because he's in a no-win situation right now. Aaron Rodgers, if he plays like he did last year, there's going to be no problems. But he, just a little bit, they're going to be calling to put Jordan Love in there because they said Aaron's done if he shows any slippage. And I don't know if I really want to be on that bandwagon at that point because I know Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback, and, and again, he's a guy who somebody's going to take early. Let somebody else make the mistake. Don't you make the mistake. And again, you get Aaron Rodgers, you know, sixth round, seventh round. It's not bad. But don't be the guy to rush out there and get him. Because Aaron Rodgers of 2021 is not the Aaron Rodgers of 2017, 2018, or even 2020, for that matter. My opinion, that's what they pay me for.
1: Two uh players I do like in that Green Bay offense, uh running back Aaron Jones and wide receiver Devontae Adams. They definitely are going to go off this year. I, I expect big numbers from them. Let's take a look at the top three rookies that we think are gonna shine and maybe uh you know land themselves in the in the top of the league at the end of the season. I'm going with Jacksonville's quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. I alluded in it in the first show that we did. I talked about it. We know about the stats from uh, Trevor Lawrence. He put up big numbers in college, and uh, that Jacksonville offense is underrated. If you can get him as a quarterback too, he could put up over 4,000 yards, and I think he's going to have at least 20 touchdowns. So he's a player you want to get, and you can definitely get him late in the draft. He will be available, and if not... If you decide not to take him, he will be on the waiver wire, and that will be a top pick, I think, uh, come week one, come week two, when you're looking for players to pick up. Michael Carter of the New York Jets. You talked about the Jets. You're not feeling the Jets. Well, yeah, but this guy averaged 6.6 yards a carry, totaled 71 receptions over four college seasons. He is a factor in that Jets offense. I think they're going to rely on him to take uh, the load off of uh, Zach Wilson in his rookie season. He did look good in preseason with the uh, with the Jets, but uh, Ma- Michael Carter, I think, is going to have uh, some good numbers, and then another running back Disagree who I think is going to,
0: to uh, now. Now you don't think so? I, I just, I all think right. the Jets, I, I know, I, I, I read the same things you do. I've heard those things about Carter. I'm just, I just don't think, all right, I drafted him and I got him, I think, three or four rounds later than his ADP was. That's a value pick. And I picked him up because he was like my fourth or fifth running back or even sixth running back. All right, that's not bad. I'll start him one game. But I, I, I just – I don't – again, it's the New York Jets. I don't care how many coaching changes they make. I don't care how many quarterbacks they have. This is another new quarterback. It's another new system. It's another new coach. I, I just – I don't feel it. I'm sorry. i got to disagree with you on that one.
1: All right, and my final one, Trey Sermon in San Francisco went 88th overall in the draft. Shanahan has that high of a draft pick. All right, let's look at the backfield here. You've got uh, Raheem Morris. He's been efficient, but trouble staying healthy. Jeff Wilson, missing the first six games due to injury. Wayne Gallman, really not a factor here in the offense. And Elijah Mitchell, he was a six-round rookie. This guy, Trey Sermon, has a very good shot at being the lead running back in San Francisco and could take a lot of the
0: workload on the ground. The only thing about San Francisco also is who's playing quarterback for you at that point. And, and again, if it's Trey Lance, uh, is that running game going to be it or is Jimmy G going to run it? And, and Jimmy G, both those, those players will do it with their legs in addition to their arms. So how much is that going to affect your running back output? Flip it around on my side, rookies I'm looking for. Well, first off, you've gotta mention Mac Jones in New England. All eyes will be on him. I think the fact that Belichick went with him as a rookie speaks volumes. I think this guy is gonna be it could be a surprise. And and again, if you have if you've already drafted you're going to want to run out to the waiver wire and grab him now because he could be somebody who makes a difference as time goes on. Another rookie, which I mentioned a couple times in the show, and I'm going to mention him again, Najee Harris. I think this guy could have a breakout year, and he could establish himself as one of the top ten running backs in the game. And one of the reasons he's plays with Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's got a great offensive line, I think he is going to be someone to watch. Jamar Chase in Cincinnati, again, Joe Burrow gets some protection. Jamar Chase could have been the steal of the draft. Those two could hook up and could be a winning connection for a long, long time as you move on. going to go to the mailbag right now. If you have something you'd like to ask us about, feel free to email us at fantasysultans at gmail.com. And here's a question for you. A lot of times you talk, or we talk about, Uh, having depth, and you want to get a handcuff. And a handcuff, for those who don't know, you get a starter and you want to get his backup at some point later on in the draft. And one of the drafts I did, I drafted Aaron Jones in the first round, and then in the fifth round, I took A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon was his backup. Now, I got that handcuff, and again, one of the things when you, you, you kind of looked over my draft, they said, well, you kind of reached for him. And I said, yeah, but I kind of want that handcuff because if, if Jones goes down, Dylan's going to be his replacement, and let's be realistic. He, while he may not be Aaron Jones, he's going to be good enough in that Packer offense to maybe get you some points. So I guess the question is going to be, is it all right to maybe reach for some backup players or handcuffs, even if, and again, you're talking middle rounds, you know, six through eight, six through ninth rounds. Mike, how do you feel?
1: You know, I think... I agree with it being a reach, but like you mentioned, if you want that particular player, you have to grab him, and sometimes you got to go earlier than expected, and, and I think that's going to be the case with your situations when you're looking at handcuffs, so I think it's perfectly fine to do that, but again, I don't know that you want to reach... You know, maybe you reached a couple rounds early, but, you know, you don't want to reach, like, eight, ten rounds earlier than than where they're going, because then you're talking about that being a big-time stretch Armstrong
0: and we continue on the Fantasy Sultans podcast. Uh, some quick deep, uh, deep sleeper picks for you. Um, I'm going to throw two out there. Uh, again, in terms of sleepers, these are guys who you know may not be on your radar, but you want to think about. Marquez Calloway for New Orleans. Again, his ADP is 145. He's somebody you can get late. I think he could have a breakout year, and one of the reasons is because that New Orleans offense is trying to find itself. He's a guy you may want to think about and may want to key on. Also, one other person who I, I, I want to talk about, Terrell Williams for Detroit. Uh, Mike, you mentioned him. He is going to be the number one running back. Again, not on a lot of people's radar right now, but he may be somebody who you may be able to get a steal, and he could pay off dividends. You talk about fantasy gold. He's a guy who maybe other people in the league may sleep on. You don't sleep on him. You may do well.
1: Don't sleep on wide receiver Darryl Mooney of Chicago. Matt Nagy's offense always been vertical, and that's good for Mooney, who averaged 16 yards at Tulane and blazed a 4-3-8 at the Combine in 2020. Anthony Miller's departed, so look for him as the number two option in a passing game that could be a surprise. What about tight end Anthony Fisker from Tennessee? The Titans had a combined 192 targets with departures of Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys, and Johnu Smith. Fisker should feast on the 65 targets that Smith left behind. And finally, Brian Edwards in Las Vegas. He is the wide receiver. We all know who's gonna get a lot of the receptions there in Las Vegas. That is gonna be Darren Waller. But in a top, two, how about a top two target? This is uh, Brian Edwards, especially after they lost Nelson Aguilar in the offseason. How about one more email? I want to toss this one out, Trip. You and I always talk about this. We we talk about defenses. You know, you always wanna draft a defense and a kicker last. But we did get an email saying. What about drafting a defense in the 7th and 8th round? Is it okay to do that?
0: I'm going to say this, and and one of the the things you have to remember is the defenses are ranked basically on last year. You don't know what they're going to do this year. And nine times out of ten, and and we have somebody who we have been in the league with for a number of years, he always is the first person to take a defense 7th or 8th round. And I'll say this, that's a. Early for a defense, and the biggest problem with take defense that early is you are in in some ways you're going on last year, and this is it. And, and are you sure this team is going to be that good, or the defense is going to be that good? And and I think the answer to that is no, it is not. So I would say wait, defense, and again. If it's a question between a defense and a kicker, I'll take a defense before a kicker. You know, definitely. Because kickers right. are a dime a dozen. Defenses, okay, maybe. But again, I think it's way too early. And again, if somebody does that or you get a defensive run, hey, sit there and start grabbing more depth, wide receiver, tight end, quarterback, you can get some depth there, and when everybody else is going for their defenses, you can sit back and wait because you could even stream defenses because let's be realistic— Who's going to carry two defenses on their team in a 12-team league? If two teams carry two defenses, okay, that means you have, you know, again, you have 14 defenses. That means there are 60, there are 18 defenses that are still available. So you got plenty of defenses, and you can stream them every week. You can switch defenses every week if you want to, if your league allows that. That's why, again, defenses, kickers, dime a dozen. You never know what's going to happen. And I, I, I think of. The draft I did Sunday, um, it, it, somebody drafted Nick Folk in the 14th round. Nick Folk was a salary cap cut on Tuesday from New England. So this guy basically wasted a 14th round pick. He could have t- taken anybody. You know, anybody. And he wasted a pick on that. Heck, somebody in our draft picked T.Y. Hilton in the 15th round. Oh, I understand why T Y injured right now, but if he comes back, he could be really big on that Indianapolis offense. Then again, it may be a bust, but it's a fifteenth round. Who cares? Somebody in our league ten years ago
1: drafted five quarterbacks. Oh my we god. We won't mention please. his name. Oh my god, please. <laughs> oh Vietnam flashbacks, here we go. Oh yeah, my yeah. god,
0: that's uh no.
1: All right, as we wrap it up here, let's take a look at a few more drafting tips. I say when in doubt, draft the best player available in the position you most need to fill. If you need an RB, you see an R solid RB on the board, pick them up. Also, you got to know your ADPs. You talked about this a little bit earlier, Trip, about knowing your competition You know, they're going to follow, these players are going to follow the set list. But you know what? I think if you follow the set list to a T, you are going to lose your league. You have to think outside the box and draft players with upside before ADP. And finally, we talked about the NFL COVID rules for this season. And if you remember how last year went, you'll definitely want to pay attention to this year. you got to be mindful about the COVID rules and what is going on because it's going to affect your team. I would not. Want to go with players who are vac or unvaccinated? I would not want to carry a lot of those players. So do some research and kind of pick and choose which players you're going to draft in your league because that has to be definitely going to f- you. you got to consider that this year.
0: Well, I, I think Michael, I, I, you're not really going to know this because players don't necessarily have to say whether they're vaccinated or not vaccinated. But but we know the big time
1: players who are
0: yeah well, you know, who yeah, are there are there are a couple of questions on on some of them too. But here's right. where I want to go with this and we talk about this all the time, you've got to pay attention to what's going on. You've got to have Twitter. Listen, you follow Adam Schefter, you're going to know what's going on, but you've got to follow some guys. You've got to know because they're going to tell you who's playing, who's not. That's the most important thing. You don't want to be the idiot who goes into a game not realizing that your quarterback is sat down because he's got COVID, or uh, a running back has COVID. You do not want to be that guy, and Again, the other thing is with with your league, most leagues, when kickoff, five minutes before kickoff, that's when the lineup freezes for that guy. You don't want to be caught with that guy in your lineup, and you can't make a change. That could blow your week. And listen, we're talking about the NFL. Most fantasy seasons, 14, 15 games, one game. You blow one game because of a quarterback that you could have sat down. That could be a key to your season. That could be the difference between you making the playoffs and missing the playoffs. And that is your draft. I was going to
1: say, I I wanted to just add here to the fact that your draft is kind of like a 60 40 here. 60% of your success is going to come in your draft, 40% is going to come in season management. So you don't have to have the top tier draft. But you don't want to have the worst draft either, because you're not you're going to be digging out of a, a huge hole. You you can't put yourself in a bad position. And then the flip side of it is you could have the perfect draft and then end up with injuries. We can't predict them. We don't know what's going to happen in season. So you know a lot of a lot of people are like oh I I really have to have a super draft. No, you really don't have to have a super draft. But you need to have like an a, you know an A minus B plus solid B draft. You don't want to be in the C or D range.
0: Hey hey Mike, listen, it's kind of. Like- like winning the off season. You know, certain teams win the offseason all the time. It's the regular doesn't season. Mean nope. it doesn't mean anything. Nope. Doesn't mean anything. You've been listening to the Fantasy Sultans podcast. We're on every with the new content every Thursday morning. We'd love to hear your comments and questions. All you gotta do is email fantasysultans at gmail.com. Join us again next week for another edition of the Fantasy Sultans. For Mike Sheck, I'm Trip Rogers. We are the Fantasy Sultans. And you are not. Happy drafting.